Welcome to the Overcomer Podcast, the podcast that takes you inside the Word of God and reminds you that if you're in Christ, you are an overcomer. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. So just sit back, relax, grab your Bible, and join me. Welcome to another installment of the Overcomer Podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about trials and tribulations. We're going to talk about what does it mean when the Bible talks about being patient in tribulation. What does it mean to run the race with patience? What does it mean to endure through trial? We're going to talk about that in this episode, so stay tuned. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Overcomer Podcast. I am your host. My name is Stephen Gilbreth, and I appreciate each and every one of you for taking the opportunity to join me this week. I appreciate those of you who listened last Friday. I hope that it was a blessing to you. I hope it was an encouragement. I hope you got something out of it. I hope and I pray that y'all have had a great week. I hope that you had a great Thanksgiving day with your families. I hope that you got to eat lots of food. Have lots of laughs, and I hope that you took time out of your day to give thanks to the Lord for everything that He's done in your life. I certainly appreciate everything He's done in my life. Last week we talked about uh, we talked about Job. We talked about Job chapter twenty-three about lessons from the life of Job about how Job viewed God, his relationship with God through his suffering. I want to continue the theme of trials. I know this is kind of a a odd way to kick off the podcast, but this is a a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, As I told you last week, uh, I've certainly seen my fair share of trials. and I know there's a good bit out there that's going through storms, going through suffering, and I want to be a help and an encouragement. I want to come alongside you and uh, just be there to encourage you. I want to, I want to try to to be a blessing to you and help you get through uh, the storms that you're facing. I, as the old saying goes, that if you preach to hurting hearts, you'll never lack for an audience. And that's that's the truth. And so we talked about Job last Friday. Today, I want us to dive into the topic of persevering through trial, because we are told in the New Testament that we have need of patience. And uh, if you use the King James Version as I do, uh, the Bible uses the word patience. And of course, that word patience just simply means endurance. It's perseverance. It's, it's more than just the ability to wait. Uh, it's, the, it's the ability to endure. And so I want to talk about that in this episode. I want to kind of piggyback off of what we talked about last Friday. And I don't want to waste any more time. Let's get into the devotional. Okay, now it's time for our devotional for today, and it comes from 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. We're going to read verses 1 through 11. And I hope that you have your Bible out and that you'll follow along with me. Today from the Our Daily Bread devotional, 1 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 1. The Bible says, So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief and next to him Zechariah, Jehiel, Shemiramoth and Jehiel, Mattathai and Eliab and Benai and Obed-Edom. And Jael with psalteries and harps, but Asaph made a sound 
with cymbals. Benai also and Jehaziel the priest with trumpets continually before the ark of the covenant of God. Then on that day, David delivered first this psalm to thank the Lord into the hand of Asaph and his brethren. Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people. Sing unto him, sing psalms unto him. Talk ye of all his wondrous works, glory ye in his holy name. Let the heart of them rejoice that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. A private moment mars the elation with which David welcomed the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. His wife, Michal, tells him how embarrassed she was to see him dancing in the streets of Jerusalem. Michal may be speaking out of her own hurt. She was the daughter of a king who gave her to David with thoughts of killing him. Later, Saul gave her as a gift to one of his friends, only to have David take her back when he came to the throne. Now with her father and brothers killed in battle, Michal is a lingering reminder of her father's troubled and dying legacy. Facing the Battle Not long ago, I met up with a group of friends. As I listened to the conversation, it seemed like everyone in the room was facing some significant battle. Two of us had parents fighting cancer. One had a child with an eating disorder. Another friend was experiencing chronic pain. And another was facing major surgery. It seemed a lot for a bunch of people in their 30s and 40s. First Chronicles 16 recounts a key moment in Israel's history when the Ark of the Covenant was brought into the city of David, Jerusalem. Samuel tells us it happened in a moment of peace between battles. When the ark was in place, symbolizing God's presence, David led the people in a song of praise. Together, the nation sang of God's wonder-working power, his promise-keeping ways, and his past protection. Look to the Lord and his strength, they cried out. Seek his face continually. They'd need to because more battles were coming. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. That's not bad advice to follow when illness, family concerns, and other battles confront us because we haven't been left to fight in our own waning energies. God is present. God is strong. He's looked after us in the past and will do so again. Our God will get us through. What battle do you need God's power to face right now? How can you handle your how can you hand your struggle to him? Wonderworking God, I hand over this battle to you. I trust in your strength and your promises. And that was today's devotional from the Our Daily Bread. And now it's time for today's teaching. Okay, if you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to two different places. I want you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. And then when you find your place in Hebrews chapter 12, I want you to turn over with me to James chapter 1. It's just a few pages to the right. Hebrews chapter 12 and James chapter 1. We're going to read in Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. And then in James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. And we'll connect all the dots along the way. Hebrews chapter 12, I want to begin in verse number 1. The Bible says, Wherefore see, and we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Now turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, just a few pages over to the right. And we're going to begin reading in verse number 1. 
James chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grass, or the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. I read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and then James chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. And I want to talk to you in this episode about the issue of perseverance, the topic of patience, perseverance. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 1, he said, Let us run the race with patience. Which begs the question, what in the world is patience? What is patience? There's a Greek word that underlies the word patience in that verse. And I'm going to name you, I'm going to give you two different Greek words. And the only reason I'm giving you these words is because I want you to notice the way the Bible describes what patience is. The word used in Hebrews 12 and verse 1 is the word hupomone. It's hupomone. And that Greek word just simply means endurance, steadfastness, or constancy. It comes from another Greek word, which is hupomeno, which means to remain or to stay under. In other words, persevering in trial, being patient in tribulation. It means to remain or to stay under that burden. It's to hold fast to one's faith in Christ. It's to bear bravely and calmly. We're told in Hebrews 12 to lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. There are some things that we need to let go of. If we're going to run the Christian race effectively, there's things that we have to let go of. There's things that will hold us back in our Christian life. And there's things that we need to be willing and able to let go of. A weight, necessarily, it may not even be a sin, but it's something that's in your life. It's something that's in my life that we need to let go of, that we need to turn loose of. There's things in our lives that'll bog us down in our Christian race. We're to lay aside every weight and the sin, and the sin. We're to lay aside the weight and the sin. Not only do we need to lay aside the weights in our lives, the things that are not even necessarily a sin, but there's things that'll hinder, there's things that'll come between us and God. Those, those are the things that we need to be willing to let go of. But not only to let go of those weights, but we're to let go of the sin. There's a lot of us in the Christian life, there's pet sins that we hold on to. There's things that's in our lives that we know good and well we have no business holding on to. There's things that we need to repent of. And I'll tell you something, this, this Christian walk that we're in, it is a daily walk of repentance. We repent in order to be saved. 
But I'll say this. The Christian life should be a life of repentance. There's some sins in our life. There's things that we hold on to that we need to let go of. If we're going to run the Christian race effectively, we've got to be willing to let go of the weights and the sins that so easily beset us. We're to run the race with patience. So what what in the world does patience even mean? How does the Bible paint the picture of patience? I want to give you some references. And if you're a note taker, I encourage you to jot these down. The first one is found in Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and verse 25. The Bible says, But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. In other words, it says, but if we hope for that, we see not. If we, that word hope just simply means an expectation. If we have an expectation of the things that we don't yet see, then do we with patience wait for it? Then do we with perseverance wait for it? Now, if you'll notice in that verse in Romans 8 and 25, it says, then do we with patience wait for it? Patience and wait. Those two words, patience and wait, they're right next to each other. And you see, a lot of times we think that that patience just simply means I sit and do nothing. Biblical patience is not, it's like, well, I, I, I'm expecting this from God, so I'm just going to sit and do nothing. It's not, well, I'm just going to sit and uh, twiddle my thumbs and do nothing for a while and just wait for it to fall out of the sky. That's not what biblical patience is. Patience endures. I said this on Facebook in a post about, well, it was one day last week when I was preparing for this episode. You know, the thought occurred to me. You know, a lot of times we think that patience just, it just simply means, you know, the ability to wait. There may be some of you listening to this podcast and there's something you've been praying for and you've been praying for a long time and you're wondering why in the world God hasn't met that need yet. Why hasn't God answered your prayer yet? I want to say this. Let me tell you what patience is. Patience does not mean well, I, I, I'm just going to see it, you know, and, and waiting on God. But a lot of times we, we think about waiting on God. And we think patience is just the ability to wait. Folks, that's only part of the story. There's so much more to patience. Patience is not just the ability to wait. Patience is the ability to endure. Patience is, even though... There's something perhaps you may be waiting on God for. You may be praying, you may you may be praying about something in your life and you're waiting on the answer. Let me tell you what you need to be doing. Patience is not, well, I, I've asked God for this, I'm waiting on this, so I'm just gonna sit and I'm just gonna twiddle my thumbs and wait around and you know, wait for God to just let it fall out of the sky. Patience is endurance. Patience is the ability to endure. Patience is an action word. It's to endure. It's to not let go of God. It's to constantly, it's to be busy for God. You may be waiting for an answer to one of your prayers. While you're waiting for the answer, be busy for God. Do something for God. Get busy for God. Let your life count. That's one of the reasons, that was one of my motivations for doing a podcast. You know, I don't want to just sit and, and do nothing. I want my life to count. One of the reasons I, you say, well, why, why did you get into music? For those of you who know me, why'd you get into music? Why are you doing Christian music, Christian hip-hop music? Why are you doing Christian music? Why 
you know, why did you start a podcast? Why do you stay busy preaching? Why are you doing all this? Because I want my life to count. I want to endure. I want to press. I want to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want my life to count. And you see, that's what, that's what endurance is. No matter what you face in your life, whether you're going through a storm, whether you're going through suffering, whether you're waiting on an answer to a prayer, you may be listening to this podcast and you're single and you've been praying for a spouse. Hey, let me tell you something. God does not want you sitting on your behind doing nothing. If you're single, don't just sit and say, well, you know, I, I prayed for God to give me a spouse. You may, you may be a Christian lady and you've been praying for a husband. You may be a Christian man praying for a wife. You, you say, well, I just, ha it hasn't happened for me yet. Well, let me tell you this. What are you doing for God? Get busy. Get off and get off your rear end and do something. If you'll allow me to be harsh for just a second. Our lives ought to count. Be patient, but be busy. Wait on God, but endure. Be busy for him. Make your life count. I want my life to count for something. I want God to use my music. I want God to use my podcast. I want God to use every message I preach. I want, God, I want my life to count for him. Be busy for God. It says, if we hope for that, we do not see. If we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it. With endurance, we wait for it. We're busy while we wait. Jesus told that parable and he said, occupy till I come. Be busy till I come. When Jesus comes back, he wants to find us busy. And I'm not talking about being busy just for the sake of being busy. He wants to find us working. He wants to find us enduring, persevering, being busy for God. That, that's, that's what biblical patience is. It's perseverance. It's endurance. If we hope for that, we see not. Then do we with patience wait for it. Now go with me to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans 15 and verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. What are those verses saying? He said, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. What's he talking about there? He's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. He said, those things that were written beforehand, those things that were written in the Old Testament, those things that were written aforetime, they were written for our learning. If you want to know how to persevere, there's examples all through the scriptures of men and women who persevered and endured. There's examples all throughout from the Old Testament all the way through to the New Testament. There's, exam there's example after example after example of men and women who persevered, who endured. He said that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Now what's he saying? The God of patience. If we're going to be patient and if we're going to endure, it's going to come from God. He is the God of patience. He is the God of endurance. You see, it's not going to come based on our own ability. And it's not going to come based on our own something that we just muster up. God will give you the strength. If you're under a heavy, hard burden listening to this episode, then I want you to be encouraged by this. God Almighty will give you the strength. He will give you the strength to endure. He'll give you the strength to persevere. 
He'll give you everything that you need in order to persevere. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Let me give you just a few examples. We started off in Hebrews chapter 12. And in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, the very first word in that verse is wherefore. He's connecting Hebrews chapter 12 to Hebrews chapter 11. And we all know that Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter. We know that that is the chapter. If the book of Hebrews, if every chapter in the book of Hebrews was a hallway, when you get to Hebrews chapter 11 and you walk down the hallway of Hebrews chapter 11, that's what we call the hall of faith. And if you walk down Hebrews chapter 11 and picture it as a great big hallway, and you're walking down that hallway and you look up and you see statues and portraits of men and women. And then underneath those pictures and on them statues, it, it has the story told of what they did, how they endured. By faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Enoch, when he was translated, had this testimony that he pleased God. By faith, Abraham you know, went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham and Sarah conceived seed and bore a son. By faith, Abel offered up a more excellent sacrifice to God than Cain. And on and on it goes, by faith, by faith, by faith. Noah did this. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah. I'm talking on and on it goes. By faith, Rahab the harlot. You know, she, she hid the spies. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. They all, example after example, go through Hebrews 11, look at those great men and women of the faith, and then go back to the Old Testament and look at the lives that they lived. Look at what the Bible says about their lives. Let me tell you something. I, I don't agree with this crowd that says we ought to unhitch from the Old Testament. I disagree. Because if you throw out the Old Testament, guess what? None of the New Testament makes any sense. Without the Old Testament, we don't know about Noah. We don't know about Abraham. We don't know about Isaac or Jacob. We don't know about David. We wouldn't know about the Old Testament prophecies of the coming Messiah. We wouldn't have the Psalms to, to go to for comfort. We wouldn't have the Proverbs and all, their, and all the wisdom. We wouldn't have any of that. The New Testament contains 27 books. There's 39 in the Old. If you throw out those 39 books, you're throwing out the majority of the Bible. I'm talking, you can find example after example after example. In the Old Testament, let, let me give you this one, this one key example. We're told in the New Testament, and Paul especially, this was the foundation. This statement, what I'm about to say, is the foundation of everything that Paul preached and Paul wrote in the New Testament. In Genesis, in the book of Genesis, it says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. Now you say, well, what does that have to do with me? That's how we're saved. And you say, well, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. But what about James chapter 2, where it says, that were justified by works and not by faith alone. It even talks about how Abraham was justified by works. Let me tell you this. We are justified by faith. That, that is made crystal clear in the scriptures. We are justified by faith. We're justified by faith alone. But I'll say this much. The whole point of the book of James, and we read James chapter 1. The whole point of the book of James and if I'm talking fast, it's because I've got so much information I'm trying to I'm trying to cram into this podcast. But the whole purpose of the book of James is to show that faith without works is dead. Okay, your faith justifies you before God, but your works will justify your faith. In other words, if your faith is genuine saving faith, there will be good works in your life. There will be perseverance in your life. There will be some endurance in your life. 
Abraham believed God. It was counted unto him for righteousness. But guess what? Abraham's faith motivated him to sacrifice his son Isaac. It motivated all the, the Old Testament saints. Their faith is what motivated them. When Isaiah stands bold as a lion and pr proclaims to Israel their sin and then preaches on the coming of the Messiah, that's an example of bold, courageous faith. When Jeremiah stood, nobody believed Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. But Jeremiah said his word, he said, I, I, I determined that I was never going to preach ever again. But Jeremiah said, his word was in my heart like a fire in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing and I could not stay. Jeremiah said, you know what? Regardless of what anybody says or what anybody may think, and no matter how hard, how bad I may feel like quitting, he said, I tried to quit. I tried to shut up. But his word was like a fire in my bones and I couldn't help it. That's the kind of faith we need to have. That's the kind of boldness we need to have. That's the kind of faith we need to have. That's the example of the Old Testament scriptures. Thank God for the Old Testament. What things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience, that we through perseverance and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Those things that were written aforetime back in the Old Testament, you know what? It's written for our learning. It's written so that we can read the Old Testament and see those great men, and see those great women, see the great things they did for God, and draw inspiration from it, and comfort. And not just the Old Testament, but now we've got the completed Bible. We've got the 27 books of the New Testament. And we can turn to all 66 books of the Bible and find what we need. Thank God for that. You say, well, you're talking about the Old Testament, but what about the New Testament? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, in verse 3, this is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. He said, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. What's Paul saying? Paul is commending the church at Thessalonica. And why is he commending the church of Thessalonica? He said, because of your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope. Hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. They persevered. This church was a shining example of what persevering under trial looks like. You say, what do you mean? Second Thessalonians, the second letter he wrote, chapter 1, verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Did y'all hear that? I want to read that again. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in your persecution and tribulations that you endure. Thessalonica was a persecuted church. They were a church that were put through the fire. They were a church that knew what it was to suffer. They were persecuted on every hand, but yet we find them working for God. We find them enduring for God. We find them staying busy for God. They're not sitting down and feeling sorry for themselves. They're not shutting their church down uh, for fear of a virus. They're enduring. They're persevering. They're going through it. And Paul is saying, look, I'm commending you. We thank God always for you. Because your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. So that we ourselves glory in you. We thank God for you. We rejoice about you in the churches of God for your patience, your perseverance, your faith, in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. I'm telling you, the church in America today, and I'm speaking as a natural-born citizen of the United States of America. I know this podcast is over the internet and you may hear this from another country. I can't speak for other countries, but you know what? I can speak for the USA. And I'm going to say this, the church in America today needs perseverance. We need patience. We need endurance. Which brings me to my next reference and uh, go back to the book of Hebrews in Hebrews 10 in verse 36. Paul 
And I believe Paul wrote Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 36, for you have need of patience. Did y'all hear that? For you have need of patience. We can put our names there. Stephen needs patience. You need patience. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. We have need of patience. And he says in Romans or Hebrews 12, verse 1, let us run with patience. Run the race with patience. Show some perseverance. Over in James chapter 5, I mentioned the two Greek words, hupomone and hupomeno. The verse I'm about to read contains both of those words. Let's see if you can catch it. James chapter 5, verse 11. Listen to this. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. He said, Behold, we count them happy which endure. The word endure and the word patience are both used in that one verse. And the word endure is, is our word, hupomone from Hebrews 12. The word endure in that verse is hupomeno. We count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. And we talked about Job last Friday. We talked about the patience of Job, the endurance of Job. Endurance, steadfastness, constancy to remain, stay under the load. I want to say this. If you're listening to this podcast, you're going through a storm. You're going through a trial. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary in well-doing. That word hupomeno means to remain or to stay under. And it also carries the idea of endurance, steadfastness, constancy, perseverance. Now you say, well, what are you getting at? If you're listening to this podcast and you're going through a terrible storm, I want to encourage you to remain. I want to encourage you to persevere, to remain under the load. And you say, well, I don't see a reason to go on. I don't feel like going on. You know what? There's been times in my life when I didn't feel like going on. The Apostle Paul had moments where he didn't feel like going on. But I want to say this. Your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will say, you know what? Your circumstances are too bad. Your feelings will say God is nowhere within a million miles of where you are. I got news for you. Trust in the Lord. Your heart, your feelings will fluctuate. It'll be up and down, on and off, wishy-washy, back and forth. Your feelings will be all over the place. You'll go to church and uh, perhaps you'll have a great service. You'll feel the presence of God. But then the minute you leave, get back out in the world, life starts hitting at you from all angles, and all of a sudden that feeling's gone. Remain under that load. Remain under it. Stay under it. Persevere under it. And I'll say this much. We've got a companion that'll come alongside, and his name is the Holy Spirit. He'll come alongside. He's the comforter. He's the one who comes alongside. If you're bearing up under a load, stay under that load. Remain. Endure through that thing. God is not going to leave you to deal with it by yourself. He will be with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. The Holy Spirit of God will come and bear up under your load. He'll bear up under it with you. He'll give you the strength to carry on. I want to give you a few things. I gave you some examples of the word patience, the, where, where else that word is used. But I want to give you just a few things, and I hope that you'll hang with me. I want to give you just a few things about perseverance. The very first thing I want us to see is the fruit of perseverance. And that's found in our text in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. 
James says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So what's he saying? The trying of your faith worketh patience. When your faith is put on trial, it will produce something in your life. When you and I go through storms, when you and I get put through the fire, when, when our faith and our character is tried, it will produce fruit in our lives. And that fruit is perseverance. I want you to go with me, if you have your Bible, go with me to Romans, back with me to the book of Romans. I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 5. We read from Romans 8, and we read from Romans 15. I want you to go to Romans chapter 5. And if you're not able to turn there, at least make a mental note of it or write it down. I want to show you something. Romans 5 and verse 3. The Bible says that not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. We glory. That word glory just simply means to rejoice or to boast. And we're not boasting in ourselves. We're not boasting or bragging on ourselves. We can boast and we can rejoice in our tribulations because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience. There it is. In the book of James, James says, Tribulation worketh patience. We find it here in Romans 5 and verse 3. Tribulation worketh patience. Let me say it like this. Tribulation produces perseverance. It produces fruit in your life. It produces fruit in my life. Tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Now what is he saying? We all know that that word patience, as I've already said, it's perseverance. But what about experience? What about hope? Tribulation produces three fruit, three main fruits in our lives. Suffering, troubles, trials, tribulations, they produce three different kinds of fruit that I want to show you from Romans 5. The first one is patience, and that's what we're talking about. Endurance, perseverance. The second one is experience, and that word experience is a Greek word that just simply means a proving or a trial, someone's character being tried. It's a tried, proven character. It's when you go through a storm. We saw it in the life of Job. What was, the, what was the main question surrounding the life of Job? Will Job hang on to his integrity? God allowed the devil to throw everything at him, including the kitchen sink. The devil threw everything at Job. Job lost everything he had. But yet he held on to his integrity. And you see, the question is, when you go through a storm... Are you going to hold on to your integrity? Are you going to fall into sin? Are you going to curse God? Are you going to walk away from the faith like so many are today? Or are you going to bear up under that load and persevere through that trial? There's a lot of people walking away today. There's headlines today of well-known so-called big names in the Christian faith that have walked away and renounced the faith. Are you going to be like them? Am I going to be like them? Or are we going to hold on to our integrity? Let me tell you something. Your character will be tested. You will be tested with opportunities to fail. But let me tell you something. If you pass the test... You'll come through on the other side with experience, patience, experience, and experience. Hope Hope is an expectation. We can rejoice in our suffering because it's producing something in your life. You, you may not see it at the time. Hey, all the storms and stuff I've been through, I didn't see it at the time. 
And I certainly have not come to a point in my life where where I've got it all figured out. I certainly don't. There's a whole lot more that I need to learn. But you know what? One thing that I have learned is when we go through situations and storms in our lives, no matter how hard the situation may be, we learn about ourselves and we learn about God. And I'll say this much. We learn to endure by doing it. You learn to persevere by persevering. You will never learn if you never have to do it. And you see, if our lives were just, you know, silver linings and mountaintops and just glory all the way to heaven, if we never had a single problem, a single trial, if everything was constantly going our way, then you know what? We really wouldn't need God. Let me tell you something. Trials and troubles do. It does something in our lives. It makes us feel and realize our need of God. And it will teach us to press on and to persevere. Bear up under it. I'm talking grit your teeth. Dig those heels in. I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. We have a we have an expression amongst the, the Georgia fan base that Larry Munson used to say all the time, who was our legendary announcer who used to announce the football games. He would say, hunker it down. And you know what? We need to hunker it down. We need to grit our teeth. We need to dig our heels in. Bear up under that load. I'm talking, it's going to be a fight. You're going to have to fight tooth and nail. I'm talking, you're going to have to fight scratch and claw for every single yard. But persevere. Because it produces something in your life. Produces endurance. Teaches us how to endure. It proves our character. And it gives us an expectation of hope for the future. That's the fruit of perseverance. But then the second thing I want us to see, go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. There's something I want us to see. I want us to see the focus, the focus of our perseverance. What is the focus of our perseverance? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. We are to run the race with patience, looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, look in verse 3, for consider him. There's three action words in these verses. Run, look, consider. To run is to run. Run with perseverance. Run with patience. But you know what? In verse 2, it says, looking unto Jesus. While we're running the race, while we're enduring, we need to be looking. And that word looking in that verse, it literally means looking away from and looking unto. It means I'm looking away from the world. I'm not looking at the world. I'm not focusing on my problems. I'm not focusing on the storm or the trial. I'm not looking at the wind and the waves. I'm looking at Jesus. Look away from the world. Look away from your problems. Look away from yourself and look unto Jesus. Focus on him. Fix your eyes on him. That word consider in verse 3, consider him. It means to ponder in the mind. We are to fix our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. We are to fix our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at him. What does it say about him? Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured. He endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Who for the joy that was set before him. How did Jesus endure? Let me tell you how Jesus endured. Who for the joy that was set before him. 
you know, a lot of times when we read Hebrews chapter 12, we miss, we miss that part. We read over that part. Who for the joy that was set before him. What does that mean? Let me tell you something. When Jesus walked on this earth and lived the perfect sinless life he lived, went through the terrible sufferings that he had to go through, and his death on the cross, and his resurrection. What was his focus? It was the joy set before him. Jesus knew what was awaiting him on the other side. He knew. He knew what the result was going to be of his perfect sinless life, his death on the cross, his resurrection. He knew what the outcome was going to be. I want to read to you just to kind of Flip this out. Isaiah 53 and verse 12. Listen to what God the Father says. This is Jehovah God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 53 verse 12. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I want you to listen to 1 Peter 1, verse 11, and then I'll explain. 1 Peter 1, verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them, talking about the prophets, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. What was the glory that should follow? What was the joy set before him? God said, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what the joy was that was set before him and the glory that should follow. Jesus saw you and me. He knew he, he was thinking of you and me. He knew that we would need a Savior. He knew beforehand, and he died in our place. That's what motivated him to endure. He saw his future bride, and he saw the glorious future that awaits every single one of us. He saw all of that in advance. He already knew. That was the joy set before him. His expectation was not here on this earth. His expectation was something to come. He saw the bride. He saw us. And he knew that he was purchasing our redemption. And it gave him great joy. That was the joy set before him. And he, the thought of, of the bride, the thought of our future inheritance, all of that was the joy set before him. And so he endured. And I'll tell you this much, if you're a child of God, we've got something to look forward to as well. That should motivate us to be patient in tribulation, to, to endure. That's the focus. But then the third and final thing, and I'll be done, we see the forgotten. We saw the fruit. We saw the focus. But then we see the forgotten. And you say, well, what do you mean the forgotten? Hebrews 12, verse 5, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. And if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees.
and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. That was Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 13. In the midst of talking about running the race, he brings up chastening. Now that word chastening in that verse, in verse 5, we think about chastening, we, we think of it as disciplining a child. We think of it as, as punishing. Chastening doesn't necessarily just mean punishment. That word chastening in that verse, it, it, the idea as, is the training of a child. It's the instruction of God. It means that God will train, instruct, discipline, and chasten us as a father would his very own child. As you would chasten your own children, so God chastens you and I as his children. And if you be without chastisement, you're illegitimate. You're not a real son. Now you say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean that if I'm going through a trial, that some way, somehow, that means God's punishing me? No, that's not what that means. Doesn't necessarily mean God's punishing you. I want to say this. A lot of times, especially, you'll go through stretches in your life where it just seems like it's one thing after another. I'm talking this goes wrong, that goes wrong, then something else goes wrong, and it just piles up, it snowballs. It's one thing after another, and it causes us to look up to heaven and say, God, what in the world did I ever do to you? Let me tell you something. You have forgotten the exhortation, which speaketh unto you as unto children. Despise not the chastening of the Lord. Despise not the discipline of the Lord. Let me tell you something. God will give us trials in our lives to discipline us, to chasten us. Not because, not because we've done something wrong. God will chasten us. God will train us to grow our faith, to grow us in holiness, to make us more like Jesus Christ. That's the end game. We're told that in Romans 8, 29. He predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son. That's the end game. Glorification is the end game. But you know what? In the meantime, God is going to send trials your way. God's going to send trials my way to train us, to discipline us, to make us stronger in our faith. He quotes in Hebrews 12, he quotes Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, and it says this. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. You know, a lot of times we're tempted. We're tempted to despise the chastening. We're tempted to despise the suffering we go through. I want to say this. I want to leave you with this encouragement. If you're going through a storm, if you're suffering, I want you to listen to this. I want you to rejoice in the fact that God loves you. I want you to rejoice in the fact that God is putting you through the fire to produce fruit in your life that will endure. That fruit will stick. Show me a Christian that's been through a whole lot of things in their lives, I'll show you somebody that's genuine. You see, a lot of times, this health, wealth, and prosperity gospel that's so prevalent nowadays, and I'm thankful it's being exposed for what it is nowadays, thanks to social media and YouTube and all that. But you see, they want you to believe that it's just always God's will. For you to be healthy, wealthy, have money. Let me tell you something. God could take every bit of that away in just a second. Just ask Job. But you see, it doesn't mean that God does not love you. It just simply means that God is testing your faith. God is growing you. God, God loves you. I want you to take comfort in those things. It may hurt, and it will hurt. It's not to downplay you know, it even said, no chastening seems to be joyous, but grievous. 
It's not something we enjoy. It's not something I enjoy. But I want to say this. Even through suffering, we have a reason to rejoice. Because we're still his child. God still loves us. God hasn't went anywhere. Cling to him. Trust him. Persevere. Endure. Heed the scriptures that we talked about. God will never steer you wrong. Well, I hope that the lesson for today was a help. I hope that you got something out of it. If you have, I encourage you to drop me a line. Uh, I told you in last week's episode how to reach me on uh, Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, Stephen Gilbreth, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Gilbreth on Facebook. I'm at PreacherMan116 on Twitter. Or if you're on Anchor, you can drop me a voice message, however you want to do it. Drop me a line. Let me know that you're enjoying the podcast. That would that would help me out a great deal. I hope and pray y'all are getting something out of these episodes. I want you to come back with me next Friday. I want you to come back for another all-new episode of the Overcomer Podcast. God bless you, and I will see y'all next Friday. Good Lord willing. This has been the Overcomer Podcast. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me. And I hope and I pray that you'll tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of the Overcomer Podcast. Remember, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us.